Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's a gunner. Big fly. Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Look, I mean, this is, we didn't have to file a lawsuit for, for the world to know that there's an, an issue from a hiring and firing um, practices so in the National Football League. Why did that, that's um, correct. A I lot of people this, yeah. have pointed this out. So why did you feel you needed to do this? Because we need change. That was the number one reason. And I know there's, there's a sacrifice, there's risk to that, but um, at the end of the day, we need change. There you go. That is Brian Flores on Get Up. You heard Mike Greenberg asking the questions there on ESPN. Chris Ranji, Kevin Wheeler with you here on a Thursday night. And Ranch on Tuesday... This, this story came out, and to me, this was a blockbuster. This still has the potential to be the biggest football story in our lifetimes. Now, it, it could also be, I don't want to say a nothing, but it could also be kind of a meh if, if like there's a settlement and nobody ever gets to tell their stories or we don't see any of whatever, the, whatever evidence they have is. But that was the news on Tuesday. Since then, Flores has talked. Uh, Hugh Jackson has come forward and joined the lawsuit and also said the same bonuses for losses thing was going on in Cleveland as as what Flores uh, said was happening in uh, in Miami. We've had John Elway reply to the the uh, the part of the lawsuit that said he showed up essentially hungover and disheveled for the interview with with Brian Flores, and he didn't deny the disheveled thing, which was kind of funny. But we'll to me, this story is still kind of developing, Ranj. We're hearing a little bit more each day. I'm really curious to see how many more coaches jump on board with this like Hugh Jackson did. I'm a little surprised that we haven't heard more of them yet. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised because I think this will probably take some time. And I do agree there will be others who who get involved in this. And to me, like, again, I don't know exactly what happened between Flores and the owner. I don't know what the conversations were like. I don't know for sure if he wasn't given a fair shake. But if you look at the evidence, it kind of seems like he wasn't. The fact that he, the the, the results were not particularly bad there. And I know some people think that um, he was hurting Tua's development. I I don't know about that. I don't even know if Tua's all that good, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't think we know that yet at all. 
Right. So I don't think it's about him, but I think you can see a pattern here because a guy that you know well, being a Lions fan, you know Jim Caldwell and, you know, a guy who's, what, 67, 68 years old. Um, so I, 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 I don't know about the future for him, but I do know that he should take some credit for helping Peyton Manning become a really good quarterback because, you know, in that, that first four Are years, you he wasn't about all your that hearing? Good. Hi, this is Charlie Brennan with. I am totally concerned about my hearing. Did that happen? <laughs> I'm Did totally that concerned before? that I was hearing that. Like, what? <laughs> no, that, that happened. Oh, my God. I was, wasn't I on with you? Yeah. Or was I on with Amy? And that played, like, at the most perfect moment. And I can't believe, I can't remember what we were talking oh, about. Oh, no, that must have been, it was like, must have been on with Amy, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think I was. Um, at any rate, like, like, that's somebody who absolutely... I don't think deserved to be fired by the lions. And he was as successful as anybody has been there. But if he were, you know, somebody else, if he were Matt Patricia, would they give him another opportunity or would they allow him to continue with that kind of record? I think yeah. they might actually. I mean, do let's that. look so, at it this way. Yeah, I mean, like you, Caldwell's the perfect example that you could mention, Ranj. When he was in, when he was the head coach in Indianapolis, they went fourteen and two his first year and lost in the Super Bowl. He they set went, like a rookie coaching record, yes, right? For like yes. the first, I think it was the yes. first sixteen games he coached, he won. Yes, and then and then his second year they went ten and six, and lost in the wild card game in the playoffs. The third year was the year that Peyton Manning was out. He had Curtis Painter and Dan Orlovsky as his yes, quarterbacks, and they right. went two and fourteen, which is why they were bad enough to get Andrew Luck, right? So he gets fired for the one year, which is clearly nothing to do with his coaching ability. They won. Right. They, they were twenty four and eight in the first two years when well, they, they had, had a healthy Kerry Collins too. By the way, what's that? They had Kerry. They had Kerry Collins. Oh also, yeah, yeah. The, I totally. It's like those about were that. the guys they gave him to work with. And Kyle yeah. Orton was uh, was out there. He was available. And then he gets to Detroit. He has three winning seasons in four years. Makes the playoffs twice in four years. Goes thirty six and twenty eight. Nobody does that in Detroit. I, I mean, again, I I grew up. I'm a Lions fan my entire life. That they don't make the playoffs two out of three years. They don't. They don't have three out of four winning seasons. And they fired him to bring in some dope like Matt Patricia, who got creamed after two years because he was terrible. Like how does so like there? I think the evidence is very clear that it's harder for black coaches to get head coaching jobs, and it's harder for them to keep those jobs than it right. is for their white counterparts. Now, I don't know that there's a lot. There's a really good way to legislate how you fix it, but I do know that bringing attention to it doesn't hurt. Uh, to me, the bigger part of this story eventually is going to be this whole bonuses for losing thing. Like, if, if, if Brian Flores, and now Hugh Jackson, I mean, Hugh Jackson's doing interviews saying, yeah, I mean, it started off with the director of his, of his charitable foundation saying on Twitter, Yes, we can attest to this, and basically we have receipts. <laughs> and Hugh Jackson was even on Twitter like arguing with people like, man, I, I know I was there. I wouldn't say it if I couldn't prove it. If, I, if they have proof of that, and now we have two teams that are caught up in that, I think, I think they're both big deals. One of them is a problem that needs to be fixed but is difficult to fix. The other one may be criminal. The other one may be fraud. Oh, I agree with that. That probably is the thing they could, 
I, it might actually be the more difficult thing to prove unless there are written unless you messages got a text that say, or yeah, you got unless it like witnesses hey, that hey. heard them say it to you or whatever. Right. Like, and that's the only way. But the likelihood is any of those, hey, I'll give you 100K if you drop this game, any of those conversations probably happened one on one when nobody else was around. Yeah. And or there's no as, way. As, go ahead. No way it's in text. Yeah. No oh. way an owner is stupid enough to write that out. No or, way. Or, though, you have it, like, because the story in, on Hugh Jackson's side of things was it wasn't just him. It was also Paul D. Podesta. It was also a couple of guys in the front office that were getting bonuses for losses. If you actually, like, if you actually got the bonuses, you can show in your paycheck, here's an extra 100000 or 50000 or whatever. And it's also, by the way, against the NFL's um, constitution to pay coaches and players outside of their contract to ha- to give them anything right. outside of that. So it's a right. multi layered problem. But I think I think they're both big issues. And I, I, I mean, we've been you know, Ron, I'm a little older than you, but we've been talking about this issue of minority coaches in the NFL for 25 years. I mean, this goes back way too long, and nothing has been done to correct it. And we still have the children of coaches getting jobs before other people do. I mean, you've got nepotism just getting in the business, right? The hardest part is getting in. And you look at the bottom of every coaching staff, and it's always guys with the same last name as the head coach. There's always somebody's son in there, like Andy Reid's kid. Tell me, why is he qualified? Why is he qualified to be an NFL coach? Because his dad was. Right. And I mean, like, there's so much of that, and yet, Jim Caldwell can't get a job, and Brian Flores can't keep a job because he doesn't play ball with the owner who wants to tank. Now, Kyle Shanahan is an example of a coach that worked out, and there are going to be those where a head coach's son does well as a head coach himself. That happens. But those guys get the opportunity to to get into the position and then keep the position a lot more than, than the black coaches tend to. And so that's why at 40 years old, the fact that he is doing this now, Brian Flores is doing this, and because you have so much coaching left in you at 40, yeah, or you should, it leads me to believe that for somebody, and you, you said this before, somebody who was a hot coaching prospect just a couple of years ago, and everybody thinks very highly of him, if he's already being sort of pushed out to the, you know, pushed to the side and not given a real opportunity. And he's only 40 and he's shown a lot of promise already. There's got to be something there. And he has to have said to himself, okay, um, if this is how it's going to be, then I'm going scorched earth on all of you. Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't know if he can prove it. Yeah. That's going to be, I hope, I hope that he can prove it because something does have to be different because there are a lot of bums that get the opportunity to coach, and when they fail, they get the opportunity again somewhere else, sometimes three times, just absolute bums. And here's somebody who was really good, Jim Caldwell, really good, and through no fault of his own, had a bad season, was done after that. Lovey Smith was a 10-win coach, and they fired him, and they haven't been any good since. I mean, well, they had the the one year where they almost went to the playoffs with Nagy, or they did go to the playoffs with Nagy, and you know we saw what happened there with the Eagles. Um, but they just haven't been good overall like they were with Lovey Smith. And this is there there are cases of this across the board, but you're right, I don't know how it's fixed. Yeah, that's like the hard you can part. 
I don't know how you legislate it. it. The only way to fix it is to get more and more people who are either open-minded or of color or both in positions of power to get to make the decisions because you can't make a team hire somebody. Correct. You can only make them talk to certain people. You can only make them talk to, and that's what the Rooney rule does. It doesn't have any teeth. I don't know how you make it have teeth because you can't say, because I'm giving Brian Flores an interview, I have to hire him. You know, all you can do is, is dictate that you get the, the conversation, that you get the interview, but you can't do anything beyond that. The only way this changes is if there is like churnout with some of these owners who die and, and they're, you know, maybe their, their sons or daughters are better at this stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Like that's the only way this changes. You know, the owners usually are there for 20, 30 years. And yeah. in a lot of these cases, I mean, a lot of the same, but if it's not the same owner, it ends up being that owner's children or something that run the team. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, again, I, again, I, I, I think there's definitely, we have to find improvement because what's happening doesn't make sense. Like on a rational level, you wouldn't be like, oh, of course there's only one black head coach in a league made up 70% right. of players. And, and again, it's not that all professional players become coaches, but the, the people who play the game at various levels are the ones that end up coaching it at some point, whether it's high school, whether they play at high school, college, or in the pro ranks. So you would think whether it's – I'm not saying that you know you would think, oh, it should be like 70% of the coaches should be like, no, but it should be more than one. It, it should, should be more be. than two or three. You would think just on – just if, if the process wasn't the old boys network or whose yes. dad do I know or whose agent – does my does my GM share with the coach, right? That's I mean, like right. that's what's happening in Chicago, right? The coach Eberflus and and Poles, they're they're they have the same agent. Am I wrong? Yeah, but also uh, yes, uh, yeah. Poles has known him, I, I guess, for a while, and that was kind of his guy. Are they the know, same come, agent or no? In. Do they? There was another. Uh, case yeah, I think recently. you're right. Yeah, okay. No, I, no, I think you're right about like, that. Like maybe that's um, a rule. Maybe you can't have the same person representing both power positions. Yeah, because that's but when you I get almost, into this whole, I know this guy, he knows that right. guy, we're buddies. Like, that kind I of just, crap I don't, is what... There's no way to legislate breaking the old boys' network. Yeah. Just, there isn't a way to do it, and that would be the only way to get any real traction on it. But I don't know how you do it. The, no. The only other thing, like what we talked about, Kevin, as we go to break here, is that that people who have the ability to hire... They think twice about not giving somebody else an opportunity that at least they go, you know what? I'm not just I'm not going to treat this interview like it's a quota meeting for me. Like I'm yeah. going to treat this seriously. That's about, the only way it changes. I know one of the like the overarching theme of this hour is going to end up basically being um, the, the, the general lack of accountability for owners. <laughs> because obviously they own, right? Which means they they have a voice in who their boss, who the commissioner is, right? They they make all the league rules, all of the stuff. And again, I understand that to a degree, but maybe they need to go through some of the same training that they make their employees go through. Maybe they need to learn some more about these things and pay attention to them, and maybe be put in a position. I don't know who does it though. The commissioner won't because the commissioner works for them. Um, I don't know. I hate when Congress gets involved with this stuff. Maybe they need to. I mean, mm -hmm. they did in baseball, and I generally hate it. And they did with, by the way, Daniel Snyder today. So let's dive into that coming up next on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, I, I think the NFL, we have to realize that we have a problem. And this could be just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, you're, you have frustrated employees. And rather than just ignore it and say, oh, well, Brian Flores, he's just it's sour grapes. Uh, look at it and say, what, what is the issue? What is the problem? What is he talking about? And hopefully do something about it before more and more people come forward and, and express that. That's Tony Dungy. And I thought, Ranj, the, the key part of that that strikes me, because we're, 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 we're building off of the Brian Flores lawsuit and Hugh Jackson jumping in, and we'll see how many more come in. I know that's what Dungy's referencing there at the end. But I think that first part about, you know, there's a problem. I, I think there's a problem at the ownership level in the NFL. A major problem in that th- there's nobody to hold any of them accountable for, for misdeeds, right? So in one case, we're talking about uh, minority hiring practices. In another case today, we've got um, Daniel Snyder being dragged on Capitol Hill. Not He wasn't there, of course, because God forbid we ever make one of those guys no, go you stand never, and face the music. Of course not. But there's just... And, and, you know, we can look at it from the St. Louis perspective. None of those people have ever really stood and explained their part. And now because of non-disclosure, we probably never get, you know, the real on-the-record explanations for how it all, how all the nastiness went down with moving the team from St. Louis to L.A. and how the votes were changed and how the committees recommended a different plan. But this one, you know, the one that happened got muscled through. We look at all of this stuff. I mean, it, it just starts with people at the top knowing that they're above any kind of rule. Well, it's, I mean, we should preface it by saying it isn't all owners, that there are good people out there. There are owners who are good people, I think. I mean, In the NFL? I don't know. Who yeah, are they? Well, in the NFL, I'm, I'm just being, saying like I'm owners. I'm being a smart and, ass. Owner, I mean, look at ShotCon screwing it up in Jacksonville. Jerry Jones hey. is, a, is a wreck. The Giants are a wreck. Obviously, they're caught up in this. Steven Ross uh, Jimmy Haslam has been in all kinds of legal trouble away from football. Daniel Snyder is grabbing thighs in the workplace. I mean, where's well, the good I, one? Uh, you know what it is? It's the, I think it's Virginia <laughs> they're not even McCaskey. good either. She well, she's not a bad person. I don't think. Maybe I think she's not. But it's still bad she's ownership. Sleepy. She's sleepy. Now the best <laughs> one is probably Green Bay because they don't have an owner. Yeah. Now there's not one person because the people own it or whatever. When they have a cha- they have a chairman, but. You know, they yeah, don't have a, you know, but it, I, don't, I don't know, dude. I, well, I'm, sure, I'm, just, I'm kidding. Half, I'm half kidding. I'm sure there are some decent people in there, but boy, you you couldn't really name very many. No, when I'm, I'm I was talking about in sports in general, I think there probably are some good people out oh, there, I, not yeah, just yeah. the NFL. I mean, yeah, but what it comes what it comes down to is 
when you have that level of money, when you've got that kind of influence and there's never any accountability because people want your money and they or they or they want yeah. what your money can give them. Right. They're they're never going to cross you almost never because they're afraid to. And that is that has been true since the beginning of history. But yeah. it's really bad in sports, I would say. Um, I feel like and, it's and because, worse in the because NFL. these teams. Well, I mean, let's be honest, Kevin. These teams, the, the the leagues are monopolies, all of them, because there's no competition. There's no competition with the NFL. There's no other football league. And don't say XFL. XFL. It doesn't compete with the NFL. No, you sorry. know, uh, there's nothing that competes with Major League Baseball, right? And it, the same thing for the NBA, um, NHL either. Like, oh, there's just there there is no competition, and when there's no competition, there's no concern on your part as an owner who is likely a billionaire to check yourself. Yeah. You won't, you won't do it. And nobody makes you do it because you never get called on it until something like this happens. Yeah. So today, as an example, I mean, you know, you have Daniel Snyder being talked about on Capitol Hill. He's not there to answer questions. He's not there because I'm sure, and I, and I'd be willing to bet you that none of the people asking questions represent the areas that he has business interests in. Because, they, as you point nope. out, all of these guys are donors and they don't want to get on his bad side because they want to keep that, that gravy train rolling. But, you know, it was, it was fascinating today to see these women testifying in public, talking about the things that he's done. I mean, not, and not just Daniel Snyder, by the way, the whole, the whole atmosphere within the organization. Women saying that they were harassed hundreds of times. Like it was a daily occurrence with, yeah. the, you know, with, with uh, comments – uh, sometimes it was physical. More often than not, it was verbal stuff. Um, you know, hearing people talking about the culture there. Uh, but there were, you know, what were there like five, five congressmen in that whole thing? Like, I, you know, they showed the dais where they all sit, and it's mostly empty. And yeah, you know, you've got all these witnesses there who are telling their stories, and they're important stories. But meanwhile, most of the most of the the uh, the, the the body that's holding the hearings isn't even there. Snyder's not even there. And I thought they one of the representatives, and I'm forgetting what her name was, made a really interesting point about how the NFL just basically brushed this stuff away without putting out a paper report, right? They did a they did a, an investigation, but they didn't put out a report. It was just a verbal report to the league, and that way there's no paper trail for anybody to see what they actually found. And what what this congressperson said was, you put out a 200-plus page report for, for Deflategate and, you know, to, to look at mm-hmm. whether or not the footballs are inflated just a little bit too much or a little bit too little, I guess. But you put out zero pages for organization-wide sexual harassment. Like, come on, man. Because they just want this to go away, and nobody's going to make them present those facts. No one's going to make that happen. I, maybe an act of Congress can do it, but I don't know what sort of, again, we were talking about uh, the Rooney rule and the fact it doesn't have any teeth. Um, I'm not sure what sort of teeth this is going to have either. I don't know what the traction is going to be or the outcome is going to be. Yeah. But it's it's possible that Snyder is forced out. And, and I guess here's the problem, is that the only way he gets forced out is by other people who are like him. You know? Yeah. It's the other owners to have to say, yeah, you can't be a part of this group anymore. Like they're the ones who have to force him to get rid of the team. And we're talking about like, I mean, you're being judged by people 
who are probably guilty of something themselves. Not yeah. all of them, but no. I'm sure that that we could find similar stories than what's happening with uh, with Washington. And in fact, I forgot who the senator was who said that today at the committee. She right. said that Washington football team or the Washington commanders, not the only organization this kind of stuff is happening. It's just the only one we know about. Yeah. <sighs> so well, the Raiders, I guess, too. But yeah, we heard about that. Well, yeah, because and and who wears that though? The coach Don gets Gruden. fired. Yeah, the yeah. coach gets fired. Meanwhile, all of the stuff that's happening under the watch. I, and, and look, I get it, man. I get it. You own the team. You've got the money. Like I, I understand how it works. I'm just saying that it sucks. <laughs> like that, how it works just sucks. That these guys can be total jerks and allow people around them to be total jerks, and there's just no accountability whatsoever it's because they're apex predators they are they are out of the food chain or they're so billionaires billionaires are out of the food chain yeah that's they don't point. really have to suffer consequences is is rocky words is the words family are they billionaires oh yeah yeah so I'm they're like sure, well they would have to be because they own words beverage yeah. which is a liquor distributor yeah so, so it's not just the blackhawks no, it's yeah. They don't. You're right. They, their wealth is not just the Blackhawks. Because uh, I want to get into that next. Because it's the same. It's not the NFL, but it's the same theme. We all know what the Blackhawks organization had happened. We all know about the Kyle Beach story. How the organization essentially just blew it all off until they couldn't anymore. Until until Kyle Beach put his name on it and came out publicly and said, "This is what happened to me, and this is what happened as a result of that." They ignored it. This guy got to get. Got to stay on the staff, got to get his his Stanley Cup ring and be a part of the ceremonies and all this other stuff, and they and and they co- basically they covered up a crime. The organization the, did. Yeah, and and before we go to break, the Wirtz family worth two point five billion. Two point five billion. So they do fall into this. Well, that topic came up last night in a town hall, and since we're speaking about um, accountability. We're going to hear the total lack of accountability from the owner of the Blackhawks coming up next on KMOX. All right, back in on Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Kevin Wheeler, Chris Ranji hanging with you, talking about, well, I was going to say Ranj talking about accountability, but really talking about the lack of accountability in a lot of places these days, a lot of st- for whatever. Well, I, I I don't know. There's no connection between these stories, but for whatever reason, there are a lot of these types of stories going on now with the Snyder All stuff and the Flores thing. And you know, last night, um, I'm going to let you set this up because, <laughs> but last night, um, Rocky Wirtz, did would you say he set the organization back a number of years with what he did last night? Because well, I know his son Danny was trying to answer some questions. Yes. You can set it up better, but I think I think the quote unquote official owner of the Blackhawks stepped in a huge pile of crap last night. It was so bad. It's it's one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen an owner do, especially publicly. They were holding a town hall, and it was uh, on YouTube. It was on Twitter. There were reporters there, and it was just kind of a state of the organization sort of thing. And if you don't know, people who don't. Um, the Kyle Beach situation, this was somebody who back in 2010 when the Blackhawks were in their Stanley Cup run was sexually assaulted by 
a video coordinator. So a coach who was older, Beach was a young player, 20 or 21. And when you're that young, you're kind of afraid of authority. And this coach had told him of the stuff he did to him that if he said anything, he could ruin his career, basically. Yeah. The Blackhawks did not fire him right away. They allowed him to participate in the Stanley Cup parade. They gave mm-hmm. him a ring and then they helped him get a job at Miami, Ohio University. They helped him get a job. They recommended him for the job. They helped him get it. He also went on to and where he assaulted a player there. I was going to say, a, he, he, at, yeah. at Miami, he did the same thing. At Miami, he of Ohio, did the same he did thing. the same thing to a college player. And then he, and then he went to Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, and it was youth hockey, I believe. Am- it, yeah. was, it was amateur yep. hockey, yep. and he did it again to somebody else. Okay, yep. Maybe All of more that than with the person. glowing recommendation from the, the front Chicago office. Blackhawks. That's correct. Was it Quenville that so, wrote it? Uh, I don't know who exactly wrote it, but um, his uh, performance in val- evaluation was stellar yes. when he left the Blackhawks. Yeah. They gave him a glowing yeah. review. Well, Joe Quenville, when it was brought to his attention, it was in May and they were about to win. The, you know, they were on the verge of winning the cup. And he said, I can't deal with this right now. So it's a problem uh, across the board there. Right. At any rate, this town hall happens last night. Mark Lazarus is a reporter for The Athletic. And he asked this question, and you'll hear it. All he asks, basically, is, well, what's what are you doing moving forward now after all of it? It wasn't a rehashing. It was what's next. I think much of what happened to Kyle Beach stemmed from a, a power imbalance between a coach and a player and the powerlessness of a player in that situation. So what are the Blackhawks doing? What have the Blackhawks done? What will the Blackhawks do to empower a player in a similar situation to make sure that doesn't happen again? I'm going to answer the question at the end. I think the report speaks for itself. The people that were involved are no longer here. We're not looking back at 2010. We're looking forward. And we're not going to talk about 2010. I'm we're, not about I, I know, and I'm not either. And we're not going to talk about what happened. We're moving forward. That is my answer. Now, what's your next question? I can pick up to what we are doing today. And I think no, that's- I don't know. That's none of your business. That's none of your business. What we're going to do today is our business. I don't think it's any of your business. Because I don't think it's any of your business. You don't work for the company. If someone in the company asks that question, we'll answer it. And I think you should get on to the next subject. We're not going to talk about Kyle Beach. We're not going to talk about anything that happened. Now we're moving on. What more do I have to say? You want to keep asking the same question? You hear the same answer? Okay, ask the next question. All right, so that's Rocky Wirtz just really stepping wow. in it, just acting like a complete butthole. And it was a fair question. He, he was asking about moving forward. And that's a, you know, you're speaking to your fans who have been very vocal about how upset oh they are God, with yeah. the organization about what happened to Kyle Beach. Now, Kevin, that's bad enough as it is, right? Can I just, I wanted to ask something. Yeah, go ahead. I, 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 because I, I, I will say I've been impressed by Blackhawk fans on this. They they're not defending him. They're not saying let it go, move on. I mean, I, the, from the most of the comments I've seen on this, were like, yeah, this is an embarrassment. What are we doing here? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to point this out because I think this is true. This was the first time any of them took questions from the public since that story broke. If I not, if I'm not mistaken, I th- is that the fr- certainly I, I, I believe that was the first time that they were that anybody right had the that. opportunity. Maybe not. I'm not talking about submitting questions to the PR department or whatever. I believe that was the first time they spoke to reporters in person about that topic. So obviously, sure. you're going to get asked about it. 
And this was a a story. The Kyle Beach thing broke months ago, just a few yeah. months ago. It was, um, I want to say, summer of last year or fall. So anyway, it's it's kind of fresh, but there has been some time. And what you say about Blackhawks fans is correct, except, Kevin, I I hope they're not just doing this and being logical about this because the team is bad. Well, that's a if good the point. Team, <laughs> if the team was really good right now Might get and on the verge back. of another cup run, would they be as angry at the team? I don't know, and, and I, I sure hope that's the case. But that's bad enough. It didn't stop there, though, because Phil Thompson, who was a reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times, followed up. A little mystified here because uh, during the general block briefing, uh, you guys talked about a change in culture and transparency and demonstrating the, the, the new culture and values um, that are going to protect players and protect the organization uh, in the future. And it seems like the, the second that we asked a question about that, um, it, it's, it's met with resistance. So I'm going to ask it again. I answered it. No, I don't. I, I answered it. And I told you to get off the subject. You didn't I'm not gonna, we're not going to bring up the report. No, you I'm read not, it. We're not and, asking and, about the report. We're I know, asking you're about, talking about what the, what the report the new... was talking about, and I told you we're we're moving on. Now, we're I don't like these. The I, I think you're out of line to ask this line future. of questions. Why don't you ask about something else? Why don't you ask about the GM? Okay, search? I will ask Why don't you about, do something else? Okay, I Why will do you ask bring about up old, old business. Some of the some of the uh, season ticket holders that I've talked to said that um, they're having trouble maintaining value on their resale because. You know, a lot of people. Is that paying, a fact? Selling, are you, are you, I, I didn't I realize my... you're in our ticket part, department. Okay. What come I'm on. saying is. Why, come on. Could, Let's if, talk about all the negative stuff. When I talk about your negative. paper and, how, people, and, what, and what the sports page looks dedicated, like, should I do that? No, these are dedicated. That you can't fans. even get our elite scores? Whole... Rocky, can I finish my, my question? They say they want to uh, hold on because they value the Blackhawks, but they wanted to phrase some of the costs. You've seen that uh, attendance has been dipping. Uh, I want to ask why you think it's dipping and what can they do to maintain their value so when they renew a package, uh, they can defray some of their costs. That's a fair question. Yes, it is. So Jamie can answer that. <laughs> what, just, what an, uh, just an absolutely embarrassing moment. Moments for Rocky Wirtz. Just terrible. But he, he should apologized be embarrassed. Later, I know he, Chris. Oh, screw his apology. <laughs> screw that apology because all of that that he did on stage last night—that's that's how real he deal. feels. Yes, that's he can go. Genuine. He can go straight to hell with all that stuff. That's, that's Forget just, that I mean, guy. You and, guys, and I know what's going like, on. Like, what the, I think the, is going on, Kevin. Oh, man, here is a, sorry. But I, no, no, not you. The story because Rocky Wirtz is just insane. Yeah. Well, I think part of it is there. There may be more lawsuits coming. And that was reported today. More rep- uh, lawsuits about Brad Aldridge and there uh, were the, the Miami, Ohio. There was a student there. There was um, another that might be uh, suing the Blackhawks. Another one of the uh, Black Aces, too, right? One of the Black Aces, which is their minor league, like you know, the they're guy, the basically their hot prospects. Yeah, yeah. and um, he might be suing also. So there's the threat of more lawsuits. So maybe he was just on edge about it. But what a jerk! Just Absolutely. what a what a horrible horrible way to handle that. Just Listen, embarrassing on Rocky Wirtz's part. I'm with. I, I think you make a great point that he, he's probably got more coming down the pike that he knows about than we do. Like that, those lawsuits and things along those lines. It doesn't mean that he has to answer the question. You have to handle the question with some dignity and class. You can't act like you're insulted. 
that someone is bringing up a story where your organization covered for a criminal and enabled him to continue committing crimes in other places by not reporting it to the police, by not taking it seriously, by writing him a glowing recommendation. This guy was accused of a sexual assault, and you wrote him a positive evaluation. You can't just get angry that you're asked about something like that. And again, if you can't answer, just say, listen, it's a great question. I, I, I look forward to the time when I can answer it, but there may be some pending litigation. And I can't get into the details publicly. I can't do it. What, what's what's worse is that he wasn't listening to the questions. Right. The, the questions weren't about what happened. The questions were, what are you going to do as an organization to mm. make sure it doesn't happen again? Those are fair questions, and everybody wants the answers to those. Yeah. And he was getting mad thinking they're talking about the past, yeah. which they weren't. They were, they were talking about how the past informs what happens next. Yeah. Those were absolutely reasonable questions by Mark Lazarus and Phil Thompson. Totally. In fact, I give them credit for for maintaining some composure. I don't know how you don't just start losing it when somebody's being like I that. Told, I, I, I wouldn't have that composure. No, I wouldn't either. That's I, why I, I, I admire it. I would have been barred from the room. All right, I'd so have been like, Rocky, gotta... you dummy, are you listening to me or not? Yeah. You, listen yeah. to my question, you stupid idiot. I don't care if you're worth $2 billion. <laughs> I don't work 100%. for you. Yeah, 100%. On that same note, and I and I, I know we got a break, so I'm going to make it quick. Can I just say that Danny Wirtz has to stand up to his freaking dad? Yep. Well, you cannot let your because he was going to answer, and his dad yes, shouted was. him down. And you know what? If that I I, 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 I my dad's the best is the best person I know. I love my dad, and my but my dad is very forceful about things like that. And in my life, I've had multiple times where he's tried to speak where I was going to, and I stood up sometimes figuratively, sometimes literally. And said, no, I'm answering this, or it's my time to talk. You need to stop. <laughs> and what Danny Wirt should have done there is done that to his dad. And if his dad wouldn't stop, walk off the stage. Stand up, man. Yep. Don't, be su- don't let your old-ass dad push you around. You're a grown man. Answer the well, question if you want to. You're right, but here's, here's the thing. It runs in the family to wait because uh, nobody in the organization <laughs> – wanted to not put Blackhawks home games on TV. Yeah, dollar except bill. for Bill Wirtz. Yeah. And they had to wait till he died. So they're just no, gonna have to wait again, till Rocky Wirtz don't dies have to, before they be a freaking man. Yeah. This is I agree about with a, you. right like this is about a criminal thing that you're trying to recover from. And there's no way I'm letting my dad shout me down. I'm just sorry. There's just no way. I, I, I agree I were, with you. When I when I was sixteen years old, there was no way I was letting my dad shout me down. No way. Sad that a grown ass right. man is gonna let his dad do Look, that. Danny Wirtz didn't want to get grounded. He doesn't. And, he doesn't want to. He, he doesn't want to get cut left off out of the from will. the money train. He doesn't Dad want to get left out of the will. <laughs> what, what if he does? Oh. That's a real threat. Oh well, stand up for yourself. All right, hey, we got a couple couple quick things I want to hit before we get done. Now coming up next on KMOX. All right, getting ready to wrap up Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Kevin Wheeler, Chris Ranji, hanging with you. Uh, we got a lot more tomorrow night. The two of us will. Talk a little bit more about what's going on in the world of sports. Um, if you, I think we're going to play a couple of games tomorrow too, Ron. Just have some fun tomorrow night since it's Friday night and we're wrapping up a week that's been games. pretty stressful. So we'll play a couple of games tomorrow night too. Right. Um, we might have to put – there are two things I wanted to get to here. We might not get to both, but I, we we got to talk about Dick Butkus for a second. <laughs> all right, first of all, is that really Dick, Dick Butkus yes. on Twitter? Yeah. Like have you confirmed that with anybody? 
No. Because I'll say this. He's on Twitter at the Dick Butkus. He just came on not that long ago, and he is freaking hilarious. Yes, he is he amazing. Is. He's like, is he? He's eighty, right? Yeah, he's seventy nine, eighty. But he, yeah, he he's got Twitter game. He's hilarious. He is that really yeah, him? I, I don't think it's anybody running his account. It's definitely his official account. It's his for sure. Yes, but does he have but like he a about, nephew that runs it or whatever? Like, or is he I don't actually think so. tweeting? I don't think so. Um, he's got a nephew, Luke, who is a. I think Luke is a linebackers coach. No, he's for, he, he's an offensive line coach he? for the Packers now. Packers, yeah, 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 yeah. And he just made um, a joke about that yesterday. Butkus did is like something. Yeah. I forget what the joke was, but uh, at least he's not. It was something like at least he's not uh, coaching the Lions or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And and then he um, like his son. He's also talking about his son Matt all the time. Yeah, I don't think that. I think it's him. I think he's just sharp. I think he's just a funny guy. From I'm not accounts. surprised at that. I'm surprised that he's good at Twitter. <laughs> well, like that's a different thing. He's good at it. He's not really good at at uh, you know putting at, like sentences, you know, because like, they're like out of order and. Well, no, that's whatever. true. There's no punctuation. Like tonight, no he just tweeted. He just tweeted tonight. 150,000 new followers, mostly angry Packers and Jets fans, pointing out the Lions are worse. And he said, "Have some manners. It's not polite to speak ill of the dead." <laughs> <laughs> but like, like he's great. Uh, I I'm it, I'm just so I'm surprised that that's not somebody in their like early 30s who's got some more like social media savvy that's like you know that's working with him and he you know maybe he says it and they tweet it or something I don't know but it, he's funny. He is. And a week or two ago, the Missouri Department of like Public Safety or something, yes. uh, they tweeted. <laughs> Or though they followed him or something, and he said, well, this account is following me now. I guess I'm a danger to somebody, or or <laughs> uh, I don't know what it was. And so I tweeted back at him, and then he ended up following me. So oh. I, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that Butkus, um, you know, will maybe he'll come on the show and talk about his Dude, I'm t- I got to try. I, here's the here's the one about his, his nephew coaching the Packers. He said, so great to see him moving up with an expansion team. he's great that's pretty good all right we're gonna save the other topic for tomorrow uh we'll have some fun we'll play some games on friday Uh, i know we have a couple of serious potential guests too so hang tight we'll have that coming up for you tomorrow night raj have a good one buddy see you pal it's gonna wrap it up for thursday we'll talk to you friday night on KMOX. we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.